doesn't seem to be a pedestal in this room, friend. Just a table with what appears to be a glass of whiskey. Wait! Aha! <laughs> you make this too easy, Jimmy. Malik, let us out of here right now. I don't think so, sir. You have been wandering around too much. The others in the mansion are getting funny ideas and making plans. None that will succeed, but all spawn from you and your friend here. I would much rather lock you up and take away their hope. You two are a great source of power for me. So I am willing to overlook the fact that you incinerated my mother. You'll pay for this, Malik. You keep saying that, but here you are, in a prison of my design. Mark me. I will not rest until you are but a mere memory. <laughs> After I'm done drawing the energy in this plane... I might head over to your cave domain. I hear whispers you have an unending supply down there. Believe me, you won't make it. I know your plan is to find my remains, and trust me, neither you or the others in this house will find them. You could have had a nice life here, Jimmy, but you have forced my hand. Enjoy your cage. the predicament. Any ideas on how to get out of here? What have you found there in the wall? A gun? I don't think that is going to help us. What's that? Oh, it's a story to witness. Great work. Maybe we'll appear back at the mansion out of the cage. Let's do it. The Ride Written by Gabriel Tuggle Narrated by Falconetti William's first taste of death came when he was 11. His family owned a hog farm in Harrodsburg, and every November he had the pleasure of watching his old man kill pigs with a sledgehammer. 
Only chicken shit use a gun, his father would say. It didn't take long for little William to find his hobby. It also didn't take him long to realize no one else appreciated that hobby. His mother had always been repulsed when he'd bring home a dead rabbit or a squirrel, carrying them by the tail as they flopped against his leg. For the most part, he pretended it was just a natural country boy type of thing to hunt, and no one shook a fist at that. Hell, his old man even clapped him on the back a few times. But in reality, William liked the thrill of it. Once, when he was in high school, he locked his neighbor's cat in a safe until it died. Soon thereafter, he got the unoriginal idea to take a gun to school. He even had a date picked out, May the 1st. But that type of escapade had to end either in suicide or police capture. And he wanted neither. On the other hand, he knew that serial killers often got to enjoy success for a decade or more. And if they were very crafty, they were never caught at all. But it's important to note that William Blocks never ended up killing anyone. At least, not on this particular night. It was 2008. Obama and McCain were running a tired race against each other. The stock market was in the toilet, and the war in Iraq and Afghanistan was nowhere near an end, despite what the news had to say. But none of that concerned William. He had a revolver in his pocket, and he was waiting for a victim. He was alive to the night, pulsing and breathing in its dark glow. It's not that William was on his breaking point or that he'd snapped, but he knew tonight was the perfect opportunity. The next morning, he was leaving for Houston, where he had a new job lined up as a foreman in a paper plant. How would he ever be caught if he skipped town? Sure, if he had a connection to the victim, then maybe they'd find him. But for now, William was in the clear. He stood beside his truck, which was parked on the shoulder of Route 68 with the hood propped. There was nothing wrong with the motor, but he figured it'd get someone to stop. He was clad in battered lizard skin cowboy boots, faded jeans, and a dull red hunting jacket with elbows that were worn to thin cloth. He stood as nothing more than a fence post in the country darkness. His long hair whirled with the breeze. The wind whispered around the trees and rattled the dying leaves above. The stars and moon hid behind blankets of clouds. A sigh of fog covered everything. Several cars passed him without slowing, and his mere presence sent cold chills into the drivers. There wasn't a chance in hell they'd stop and ask if he needed a hand, not in this modern era of cell phones. The passengers stirred uncomfortably, wondering why their arms had broken out in goosebumps. Headlights would come around the bend, catch his milky face in their yellow beams, and then keep moving. He waited. When someone finally did stop for him, he should have known something was wrong. It was an old Dodge Ram Charger. It crept around the corner and eased to a halt. 
The square body was faded brown with only the haziest shine left in the paint job. The chrome grill was scratched and dented. The driver leaned out the window, although William never noticed him rolling it down. Truck broke down, he asked. His face was a pale oval in the darkness. His features were indistinguishable. The Dodge rumbled in place. William cast a glance at his Ford. Yes, I haven't got a phone. Do you think you can give me a lift to a gas station nearby? Hop in, partner. Thanks, man. William had him. The poor bastard was making the last choice of his life. Or so he thought. William walked across the deserted two-lane road. His heels clacked on the dusty pavement. He plunged his hands in his coat pockets, feeling the revolver's coarse grip, readying himself for the deed. He eased into the dodge where the heater roared. The odor of burnt matches immediately struck him, unnerved him for some reason. All at once, he thought about backing out, telling the driver no thanks. But he was already halfway inside. Something lured him into the seat. He sank into it, and the cracked leather engulfed him. On the radio, Elvis was singing Mystery Train at a nearly inaudible volume. The song echoed as if being played in an empty mausoleum. The driver glanced over. Where are you headed, partner? His face was chiseled and bony. Hard eyes sat back in their craters. He looked young, almost handsome. But in the same instant, his face was ancient and held all the wisdom of a haunted battlefield. The dash's green lights glared over his expression and gave him a decayed look. His blonde hair greased back with vitalis. Was just on my way to my girlfriend's house. His voice shook over some unseen boundary. Cold sweat broke out on his face. Just drop me off in town at the service station. The Dodge rolled away and bent around the crooks of the road. The antique motor grumbled and coughed as if it smoked two packs a day. William wanted to roll down the window to let the smell waft out. It seemed to coil around his throat and squeeze the air from him. But he didn't. He wanted to focus on the task at hand. His trigger finger slipped all over the gunmetal in his coat pocket. He thought again about murder, and then realized the driver was staring at him from the shadowy seat behind the wheel. He grinned. You out doing a little rambling tonight? William choked. What the hell did that mean? I'm somewhat of a rambler myself, the driver added. Where do you say you were headed again? A girlfriend's place? Yes. You haven't got a girlfriend. Excuse me? You couldn't keep a girlfriend even if you did have one. You wouldn't be able to fight the urge to kill her. William shifted in his seat. What? You heard me. You wouldn't be in this car if it weren't true. 
I know what you think about, William, my boy. It won't get any easier, though. You've got to find someone and shoot them dead with that gun in your pocket. And then, if you're lucky, I'll let you cruise in this truck every night from here on out. He said nothing. His heart beat thunder in his chest. The revolver felt so useless to him now. He had the worsening feeling that even if he shot the driver, the bullet would do nothing at all except sink into him like gelatin. Not everyone gets to be in my club, friend. He had a smooth voice that contained no accent. We just want to know that you live up to expectations. Uh, who's we? The driver's eyes lay across William's face again. We're always looking for new prospects. We've had our eyes on you, friend. His breath was shallow. The truck's stench choked him. Trees passed outside the window in a blur of mangled darkness. Wet blacktop rolled underneath them at a rapid pace as the truck dove around the curves like a bullet. The driver mashed the accelerator but remained cool and collected. His head bobbed with the bumps in the road. This world isn't a particularly happy place for you, is it, William? Is that any business of yours? He ignored him. You want power, notoriety, infamy, but most importantly, power. He flashed a smile so empty and peculiar that William's bladder nearly let go. You could say that, yes. Here's the thing, William. I'm going to give you all of those things. You won't ever get caught either. I'll see to that. Just so long as you do the work I set out for you, we'll have a nice little partnership. What's your angle? What do you want from me? I don't think I'm making myself clear enough. Do you know who I am? William said nothing. He was very still. I am the great empathizer. You and I aren't so different. Loneliness has followed me everywhere. We're both outcasts, you see, thrown out by the people who created us. He lit a cigarette, but the ensuing smoke smelled nothing like tobacco. It was a pungent, rotten smell. William tried to look at the man again, to feel some sort of connection with him. Perhaps now he wouldn't look so scary. But when he shifted his eyes over to the driver, it was worse. The brief glow of passing headlights illuminated the man's face. A sunken battlefield of craters and rigid features. He wore a tattered green jacket and jeans. The cavernous pit of the floorboard shrouded his feet in darkness. William got the same uneasy feeling as if he'd been home alone and heard someone talking in the other room. Don't be afraid of me, son. I'm not afraid, I just... He lost his words. This is the way I see it. 
Your mama was disgusted by you. Your daddy beat you. And nobody in school ever liked you. You don't even have an actual girlfriend. You've never had sex. He exhaled raised cigarette smoke. And here I am, offering you everything you could want. You'll have power, thrills, respect. No one will ever catch you, friend. Not if I'm on your side. That part was true, and although this man had no business in knowing that about William, a certain comfort eased into him. No one had ever spoken to him so openly before. He suddenly felt ashamed for being afraid of this man. After all, he was just a good Samaritan who'd stopped to give him a ride. So what if he wanted a few favors from William? The man offered a hell of a proposal. The Dodge's interior shifted with his thoughts. It was all at once brand new, and the burnt odor was tucked beneath a layer of fresh car smell. The passenger seat seemed to envelop him. He relaxed. William didn't have to speak. The driver understood. That's what I like to hear, son. I think you might be on to something, mister. That's good, William. That's very good. It's hard to find quality help these days. You know why we have to do it, don't you? Because the world hasn't been fair to us. Ah, that's what I like about you, friend. You're smart. When you and I are separate, we don't do much good. But together, we can be a hell of a duo. A smile rolled across William's face. He was accepted here, welcomed. The driver reached across the truck's cab and held out his hand. He said, do we have a deal? William pulled his hand from his pocket, the one that had been wrapped around the revolver and went to shake the man's hand. But he recoiled. In the radio's ghostly green light, William saw the gangly hand was charred and blackened, the decrepit hand of a corpse. Smoke rolled off the palm as if it had just been pulled from a barbecue. He glanced up and met the man's eyes, which weren't even watching the road. The Dodge barreled around the curves of Route 68 in a sickening motion. His eyes were huge and his mouth drooped open in anticipation. A spider crept from the open lips and disappeared around his neck. What in God's name was he about to do? William's rational mind knocked back into his body. He darted backward, pressing against the passenger door. He wanted to scream, but only dry air emanated from his mouth. Let me out. I'm not cut out for this. Let me out. The man's voice was a groan now. Oh, quite the contrary. You're perfect for this job. Do it. Shake my hand. No, stop the car. In the name of God, stop the car. 
William's body thrashed with spasms of fear. He craned his neck so he wouldn't have to stare into the man's eyes as vacant as a house on eviction day. No lights, no furniture, just the lingering prospect for a new tenant. The Dodge screamed in speed. It warped around the curves of the road in an unnatural way. Acceleration pierced through him. Had he been thinking of shaking this man's hand? Had he been thinking of forming a partnership? Was that what had happened? He pushed the thought away, which felt so foreign and vague now. The stench of fire and rotten meat drifted back into the truck. The dashboard's green lights brightened in the cab until there were no shadows left. You're already here, William. Shake my hand. Almost desperately, he added. I'll kill you if you don't. William, in a mindless act of adrenaline, reached into his coat and coiled his hand around the gun. Without even removing it from his pocket, he pointed it at the man and squeezed the trigger. A deafening clap burst in his ears. His eyes clamped shut. When he opened them again, he wasn't in the man's truck. He was standing outside his parked Ford on the shoulder of Route 68. He didn't want a victim now. Had he fallen asleep? Hallucinated? He glanced around the ominous night. He tugged his jacket together over his torso and then noticed something. There was a small bullet hole in the coat pocket. A chilled finger tapped the base of his spine and icicles crystallized throughout his body. When he raised his eyes, the Dodge Ram Charger was parked there, idling in the middle of the road. The truck's body bounced on its frame, rocking with the motions of the motor. The man leaned out of the window and grinned. Come back any time, William. We're always cruising. His eyes rolled out of their sockets. They clacked onto the pavement like solid marbles. He threw his head back and screamed a deep <laughs> laugh. <laughs> the truck peeled tires away from the scene, leaving black marks stretched over the road. Before it could disappear around the next curve, it vanished, melting into some other plane of existence. Then, William was alone. He stood still for a very long time. Eventually, he tossed the gun over the guardrail and into the creek below where it splashed through the cold water. William Blocks quietly drove home after that, sober and solemn. He sat near the living room window, afraid that perhaps he'd glance out and see the old Dodge purring at the curb. He knew it was out there somewhere, waiting for him to give in and accept another ride. Only next time, he thought, it wouldn't be another lanky man in an old truck. It would be an elderly lady who needs help reaching the top shelf at the grocery store, 
Or perhaps it would be a stripper at a nightclub wanting to lead him into the back room. And William wouldn't know its true identity until he got close enough to smell the burnt matches. Then those cold, murderous feelings would slink back into him as the eyes of the great empathizer worked to hypnotize him. been listening to the night's end podcast which is a production of dissonance media the ride was written by gabriel tuggle you can catch him on instagram at party of tuggle to check out another of gabriel's works follow the link in the show notes to a story that was published in the jj outre review called sometimes they grow this story was narrated by the wonderfully talented falconetti Malik was performed by Xander from the Xander and Stone podcast. To connect with Xander, follow his personal Instagram account at XanderSwagOfficial. Link is in the show notes. Jimmy Horrors was performed by James Barnett. This episode was edited and produced by James Barnett. If you can't get enough of the night's end, why not sign up to our Patreon, where you'll find bonus content and access to exclusive merch. And as always, stay horrific, everyone. <laughs>